man's breath caught. Warily she eyed the learned lady of Stone Ring Keep, who could discern truth simply by touching someone. Yet Amber wasn't touching Ariane now. I don't have to touch you, Amber said, guessing the other girl's thoughts. The darkness is in your eyes and in your heart. I feel nothing. Ah, but you do. Your emotions are a wound that has been concealed rather than healed. Are they? Ariane asked indifferently. Aye, Amber said. I felt it when I touched you the first time. Surely you must feel it too. Only when I sleep. Ariane slid the dagger back into its sheath at her waist and reached for the lap harp that once had been her joy. Now it was her consolation. The dark, graceful curves of the wood were inlaid with silver, mother of pearl, and carnelian in the form of a flowering vine. But it wasn't the harp's elegance that lured Ariane. It was the instrument's voice. Her long fingers moved, calling from the strings a chord that was in eerie harmony with the storm wind, a wildness that was barely contained. Concealed, not healed. Hearing the harp speak for the silent harpist, Amber wanted to protest the combination of fear and rage and grief that burned just beneath the Norman girl's calm surface. "'You have nothing to dread from becoming Simon's wife,' Amber said, her voice urgent. "'He is a man of intense passion, but it is always disciplined.' For an instant, Ariane's fingers paused. Then she nodded slowly. Gradually the sounds she drew from the harp became less wild. I, Ariane said in a low voice, he has been gentle enough with me. Much gentler than he will be when he discovers that his wife is no maiden. Wars have begun over lesser insults. Men have killed. Women have died. The last thought held a dark allure for Ariane. It whispered of an escape from the brutal trap of pain and betrayal that life had become. Simon is strong of body and fair of face, Amber added, with a quickness to put the keep's cats to shame. Ariane's fingers hesitated. After a moment she murmured, His eyes are very dark. Tis only that sun-coloured hair of his that makes his eyes seem so black, Amber said instantly. Ariane shook her head. It is more than that. Hesitating, sighing, Amber agreed. "'Tis the same with many of the men who came back from the Saracen battles,' she admitted. "'They returned less light of heart.' A minor chord quivered in the silence. "'Simon mistrusts me,' Ariane said. "'You?' Amber laughed without humour. "'He trusts you enough to show you his back. "'I am the one he mistrusts. In the silence of his heart, Simon calls me Hellwitch. Surprise lightened the bleak violet of Ariane's eyes for a moment. If it helps, Amber said dryly, your own eyes, for all their fey beauty, are as remote as a druid moon. Should that comfort me? Can anything comfort you? Ariane's fingers paused in their delicate stroking of the harp as she considered the question. Then her fingers struck like snow falcons, ripping a harsh sound from the strings. "'Why does he call you Hellwitch?' Ariane asked after a moment. Before Amber could answer, a deep male voice spoke behind her, answering Ariane's question. "'Because,' Simon said, 
I thought she had stolen Duncan's mind. Both women turned and saw Simon standing at the entrance to the small corner chamber that had been turned over to Ariane for the length of her stay at Stone Ring Keep. Ariane didn't expect the visit to be long. All that held Lord Dominic of Blackthorn Keep here was his determination to see Ariane wed to one of his loyal men before anything else could go awry. Simon was the second groom chosen for the Baron de Guerre's daughter. Though Ariane had never been drawn to her first fiancé, Duncan, in any way at all, just seeing Simon sent odd currents through Ariane. He filled the doorway with little left over. Because most people first saw him standing next to his brother Dominic, or to Amber's even larger husband Duncan, Simon's size often passed without particular comment, as did the width of his shoulders. Yet Ariane noticed...